Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show returning to the airwaves this week in spite of truly staggering popular demand. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight and with me in the studio is a man who's been complaining so much about his zero hours contract that I've eventually given in and thrown him a couple of hours this week. It's Tony Kerr. That's enough isn't it? Yeah, good afternoon, evening, morning bit of satire for you there yeah topical all we need now is andy parsons and we've got ourselves a show <laughs> is, that, is, that, is he still on tv still apparently so yeah. yeah apparently he's still getting work but yeah zero hours contracts though that's all anyone's talking about election fever i've got it i've been laid up in bed all week with it have you caught election fever tone uh an actual fever actual fever uh, no, not really. Is the I've been fever out of the that you have also known as a hangover? That, well, so you, no. It's you seem to be on the struggle hangover. bus today. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been two, <laughs> two weeks. Week yeah, it's been two weeks of of good times. Debauchery. Yeah. I haven't really, I haven't really been, yeah, been too hot on the election so far. It seems like it's been pretty boring. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, from I, a, yeah, I agree from with a, that. From a safe distance. Uh, but I'm sure it'll hot up in the next... Couple of weeks. I've been out on the campaign trail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've I've been out the country. I've been in the USA. Yeah, feeling pretty good, but slightly tired and sunburnt today. Well, this is it because we've we've not done one of these for ages, Tane, have we? I mean, God, it's been nice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a few weeks, and you know, people said that it'll never happen again. They'll never be back. But we told those people to f off, and we are back. And we're back in the studio. Yeah, for the first time in about two months, and it feels good, man. It feels it does good feel to be good. back. It does feel good to you, be back. You don't look like you're enjoying it as much well, as I right. yeah. have, yeah. but... Yeah, I mean, it was quite nice doing it over Skype. I didn't have to actually... Yeah. Yeah, I could just kind of drift off <laughs> without, yeah, without you noticing. You didn't so have to good. leave the comfort of your chaise lounge, or no. whatever it's called. Exactly. But we've, what, there's been loads happening in the last couple of weeks. There has indeed. We're going to talk about all of it on tonight's show. Yeah, heck of a lot's happened. Well, yeah, I think the last podcast we recorded was before the World Cup quarterfinals. Uh, this just in time, the World Cup's over. <laughs> Who won? Australia, if you can believe that. Did, were you following the World Cup when you were in America? Uh, yeah, what did I... Yeah, I did, didn't actually see any of it live, but, uh, but did follow it, follow it closely. But yeah, so there's, there's all of that to talk about. We've got to talk about Australia's victory and the World Cup in general. Paul Downton's been booted out of the ECB as well, so we'll be getting our teeth into that. And England are about to start their test series against the West Indies, so there's a whole heap of stuff to talk about. But the main thing I want to know, Tone, is did you have a good time in America? Yes. Where where were you? Miami. Miami, New York, yeah. Miami, New York. Miami and New York, yeah. Miami, comma, New York. Lesser known <laughs> Miami. Uh, no, yeah, it was awesome, thanks. You are at a music festival. Yeah, then. I went to a silly music festival uh, of extremely loud and larry dance music. And then, uh, then had a kind of cultural de- detox in New York, kind of took in some jazz and some... And it was basically a musical. Well, you were meeting up with Gordon McRae, weren't you? Gordon McRae, that was super him. cultural. Well, it was it was all right. Just ate a lot of burgers, really. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the kind of culture that, that yeah. you're into. Yeah, went to yeah a bar opening, kind of ate some Greek food. <laughs> pretty, yeah, it was pretty pretty eventful. That sounds like an anecdote. One thing that really annoyed me is how slowly people in Manhattan walk. Really? Aren't they, Which, they famously well, this is what I this is what I thought, but it's bloody nightmare. They're just dawdling along. But wh- where does the expression "Hey, I'm walking here" come from? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Unless they're hey, all I'm dawdling uh, here. Yeah, exactly. Unless they're all tourists. And uh, there are a lot of tourists. Oh, there are a lot of this tourists. This is one thing I noticed when I was in New York. There's a lot of tourists. <laughs> bloody loads of them. But they can't all be tourists. And well, they possibly can all be tourists. There's yeah, a lot possibly. of tourists. But it's even people like in you know in kind of. 
yeah, outside of the you know the, the kind of busier areas. Just still walking really slow, striding through Times Square, going like, "Come on, yeah, yeah." Some some of us have got places to be. Very annoying, but yeah. It's also that, the the grid system though doesn't help, does it? Yeah, you have to stop every fifteen seconds if you and get wait on for the, traffic. The wrong the wrong side of a, a red light sequence. Yeah, you're stopping every you know minute and a half. It's not how we were supposed to live. But yeah. So there you go. Very good. How, what, what have you been up to? <clears throat> Sorry? Yes, I just got my phone up there. I forgot we're actually doing a podcast. Yeah. I've forgotten what it's, what it's like. Well, it's weird because we, I actually haven't really seen you since we last recorded a podcast. I've seen you maybe three times, quite yeah. briefly each time. So, yeah, I mean, we've personally got a lot of catching up to yeah. do. Just made it all day, so, yeah. So let's just do it now. Come on. How's your mum? Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's well. Yeah, making some good, uh, good home foods. Of turkey tonight. Did you have a good Easter? Yeah, that was good. I was spent at the hockey festival here. The Guernsey Hockey Festival. Which is I bet there was a, a lot of drinking glamorous, there, was there. Glamorous affair. It was, it was all, I tried to compare it or try to describe it to someone. I think it's Guernsey's, and this is, they should put this on the poster, I think, next year. Guernsey's version of Burning Man. Right. Uh, it's basically <laughs> a bewildering array of people dressed up in all kinds of different things. Out of their minds for three days, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. But Burning Man sort of has. Well, I don't know. I've never been, but my perception of Burning, Burning Man is that you know there's there's some kind of intention of spiritual awakening or something at the heart of it. But that's really not the case with the Easter Hockey Festival. No, Gandhi, there's no it? spiritual awakening. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of spiritual quashing, spiritual deadening. Yeah, is which I is I good. We all it. need that occasionally, though. <laughs> we all need that. You seem we all to go in for it quite sp- a bit. Spiritual lives. You don't even play hockey. It's a really fun sport, actually. Oh, I would not agree with that at all. Yeah, it's really fun. It's just quite fun hitting things. It's, it's like batting in cricket, but you can't get out. <laughs> it is, though, isn't it? It's just, yeah, you just kind of wield it. I mean, it's, yeah, you're stooped over. It's a cross between gardening and batting. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'd describe it. Yeah. My sort of uh, cricket, you know, the fact that I grew up playing a lot of cricket, never to a very high level, but that comes out in other sports where I'm least expecting. I was playing table tennis the other night, uh, playing some doubles. And just out of nowhere, I just suddenly like, skipped down the wicket. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Launched one miles over the heads of the uh, opponents. And my partner was just like, yeah, you, uh, you've been watching too much Kevin Peters. <laughs> it was like when, uh, we were in, when we were in New York, and where yeah. we were at this point, Chicago. And you had a... Uh, we weren't in New York. No, <laughs> we, were, we were in America, but yeah. we were in Chicago. And you hired a batting cage and did some baseball. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you were playing a few sort of MS Doney helicopter yeah. shots. Peterson Flamingo's missing all of them. Yeah, I didn't but really connect with many. The American bros that were in the queue watched you take one swing and just said, right, OK, this guy's never played baseball before. And then I told you that afterwards and you were really angry. You're like, that's unbelievable. <laughs> you had never played baseball before. Yeah, it's true. I, I think I'd be quite good at baseball. Again, it's like cricket, but you get more than one chance, eh? which is what I need, really, because I do, you know, that's my main issue with batting is I get out all the time. Lord knows you've not had much success with that one chance. No, this is why I think I played my best cricket when we used to do pairs and, you know, pairs would go in and bat for, what, like 10 overs? And, uh, yeah, you'd lose five runs if you're out. It was great. So, you know, I could put on swashbuckling kind of 25 get out once or twice uh, yeah and still make get a net contribution of, of like <laughs> be, of 10 to 15 runs you'd be on team. minus 10 i played some pairs cricket on the beach the other day it's a great format yeah it's a much better format of cricket to play that's what yeah said. it really is because it's a classic thing when you're a kid that really people don't enjoy playing cricket because it's like you really want to play cricket when you're a kid and because you, you really want to bat and then you get the bat you're out first pool in my case you're out first pool then that's it. Then you just got to go and stand at the bottom of the garden, watching your brother smack it over the, <laughs> over the hedge. Really frustrating. Silly sport. Anyway, what's going on in the world <laughs> well, cricket? Let's, let's talk about it, shall we? World Cup. Let's kick off the show with one final instalment of our box office item, World Cup, because I've got some breaking news to bring you, Tone. Australia have won the World Cup. Did you hear about this? Oh dear, I caught this, yeah. Uh, I'm going to run through the scorecard because it is quite a long time ago now. It's, well, two weeks ago today as we're recording this that this happened. Uh, and people might have actually people forgotten. People actually genuinely forgotten. What occurred in the final. I was racking my brains a bit. I was thinking, right, so that, was that the one when, when Steve Waugh made the 100? Or was that... Oh, that, was the, that was the Greg Blewett game, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? So New Zealand won the toss, batted first. 
and would have been thinking, right, let's go out and post a, a big score at the MCG, put Australia under pressure. But they got off to the worst possible start, losing Brendan McCullum for a duck in the first over. Mitchell Stark cleaning up his off stump. And from that point on, uh, it was always going to be tough uh, for the Kiwis. Uh, they did recover from 39 for three to be 150 for three and would have been thinking about getting somewhere near to 300. Uh, but then James Faulkner claimed three wickets in the middle, dismissing Ross Taylor and Grant Elliott. Uh, and eventually New Zealand were all out for 183. And you never felt that that was going to be enough to pose a challenge for Australia, even though they lost Aaron Finch uh, in the second over. Uh, and David Warner with 45, Steve Smith, 56, not out. And Michael Clark, 74 in his final ODI, uh, meant that they got to the target with seven wickets and the best part of 17 overs to spare. So it really was a very comfortable win for the Aussies in the final. Did you see the game, Tone, or no. were, you, were you doing a keg stand on a beach in Miami at the time? It, possibly. I can't really remember. Uh, but it's quite nice, actually, just to have to think about the World Cup now, having not really thought about it for a few for a couple of weeks. Uh, just to, yeah, to reflect on it. I think we've done the right thing here. Yeah, that was always our that intention. That was the plan, yeah. When you booked that holiday. Yeah. That was, it was, yeah. I didn't want to rush into the analysis <laughs> too soon. Yeah, but I mean, Australia, we knew they were going to win it, didn't we, from the start? Well, yeah, you were, you were absolutely steadfast. Yeah. Uh, in, in calling it for Australia all the way through the tournament. I was beginning to think that New Zealand were going to do it. And I really thought it was going to be a cracking game. Uh, I had really high expectations, even though there have been very few cracking games uh, during the preceding six weeks. I did have high hopes for this one, but it was a really disappointing final in the end, uh, which was a shame. And in some respects, the crucial moment of the match was the fifth ball when McCullum was clean bowled. And it, it seemed like a foregone conclusion from that moment on, and that's obviously quite simplistic because, you know, a lot more cricket was played in that game after that. But at the same time, would it be inaccurate to say that from the moment that McCullum was out, you know, Australia were on course for victory? Well, yeah, potentially. Uh, what are you doing with your phone? Well, I've, just, I've just got stats up. I've got a right, okay. Just to preview, dude, I've just got the World, the World Cup happening. It looks like you're on Pinterest or something. Uh, yeah, Yes and no. I mean, New Zealand, you know, they've obviously got to the final. Uh, they got past a couple of good sides on the way. Uh, they should have had enough to, to still be able to post a, a bigger score than they did. So, But credit to Australia, I guess, for being... But as a kind of with us. I mean, yeah, a psychological sucks, yeah. blow... Suck the life you know, out of them. Can you, can you overstate the significance of that? Well, I, know, I mean, he, he, he's a ludicrous player. Uh, just watching him yesterday or the day before in the IPL... Sort of ridiculous innings. You were talking so, about his scoops over his head yeah, in the IPL yesterday. Yeah, they're pretty magical. And it just, like, unbelievable kind of fly swatting. It was like the bat speed and everything. It was incredible. Do you want to go over to the sky zone? Yeah, yeah let's just take this across. <laughs> and uh, take us through that. I've brought the, <laughs> I've brought the bat and the it doesn't ball. really translate to, to radio, <laughs> does it? We should have a World Cricket Show zone. That we actually should, yeah. where we go across to you. <laughs> I love the sky zone because there was one bit quite early on in the tournament where NASA was taking us through something in the sky zone. He literally he talked for about five minutes, just holding a bat in his hands, and that was it. <laughs> like he didn't demonstrate anything. He was just holding the bat, and it just cuts back to Ian Ward. Well, thanks for that, NASA. Really insightful stuff. Brilliant. So yeah, let's let's introduce the the World Cricket Show zone scene. Uh, but, it, but it was a shame that the, the final didn't really go off. I mean, it's it, pretty fitting though for the tournament, which I'm kind of torn about because it was it was entertaining in in its own way, but also really disappointing, like possibly one of the worst tournaments. Well, this is a, the big question, isn't it? Because some people have described it as the best World Cup of all time. Other people have described it as the worst World Cup of all time. I don't. I really don't see how you could describe it as the best World Cup of I've all time. I've been staggered by the number of people who have described it as the best World Cup of all time. Who is describing it as this? Well, my, my feeling is that perhaps if you were at the grounds, it was probably brilliant, even if yeah. you watched a bad game, because it did seem like the atmosphere was great at a lot of the grounds. They did a really good job of making it an exciting spectacle, particularly in New Zealand. It seemed like those games would have been really enjoyable to be Apart at. Apart from when the DJ dropped a duff tune. <laughs> yeah, just, just killed the buzz. Everybody yeah. Hurts comes on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I get the feeling that perhaps some commentators and pundits and uh, newspaper columnists, newspaper journalists, have come away from it thinking that was brilliant because they would have really enjoyed themselves when they were there. But as a viewer, 
as a as a television viewer, uh, it was pretty drab. The whole thing, I, I thought it was quite a dreadful tournament because there were about five or six games that could be described as close and therefore could be described as entertaining. That surely then constitutes a bad, a very bad tournament when you mm. consider that there were 42 or 43 other games that were very boring. Yeah, it, it was hugely disappointing in that regard. I mean, New Zealand, South Africa, that was exciting. Yeah, it, no, that was a really great game, the semi-final, but, but that's the sort of thing that then commentators come away from it thinking, well, it was a great World Cup. You know, the semi-final was brilliant, and Mark Nicholas described it as uh, one of the three best games of all time, which I think is overstating it a bit, but it was a brilliant finish. But that's one game, and you, mm. you know, when you sat through the other 48, um, I, I don't think that's enough to call it anything other than a than an, than an awful tournament. No, uh, you're quite lucky, really, in the sense that it, in the two semi-finals and the final to get one decent game, one in three would have been a good return <laughs> for the tournament as a whole. But yeah, it, it, fifteen or twenty close games would have made it. Then with yeah, yeah, then I'm come to the table and have a chat about whether it's any good or not. Exactly. I mean, it really is. It's pretty shocking. Like, I, I don't think I'm overstating it to say that probably 40 of those games were forgettably dull. That's really not a good return, particularly when the tournament is probably 20 games too long anyway, Mm. at least. That's really not a good return. And in some respects, they were just unlucky that there weren't more good games. You know, they could could hold the tournament again now. I really hope they don't. (laughs) But they could hold the tournament again now and get 15 or 20 decent games. But on the other hand, you know, maybe one-day cricket at the moment just doesn't lend itself to very exciting games that often. I think there are some big questions for the ICC regarding one-day cricket at this point. Maybe they need to look at some of the rules again, the, the things about you know, not enough fielders outside the circle, uh, the two new balls which they thought would help the bowlers has actually ended up helping the batsman because it travels further at the end of the innings. And while you'd think, well, therefore, that would be you know, fair for both teams, you'd, you'd see you know, more runs being scored in general, what's actually happened is that the team batting first most of the time goes out and plays a big score and at the moment the team's chasing particularly under lights haven't figured out how to go about chasing 350 plus Um, and that that just doesn't really happen so you know if a team goes out and and racks up a massive score first up it kind of kills the game and so if if they can't do anything about that then there's going to be unexciting cricket in ODIs for the most part yeah I was trying to work out yeah exactly what yeah why why it was happening I mean the, the Seeing some of the, the you know, skills of, of batsmen and you know, lots of sixes and big innings, it, that is exciting. You know, there's, there's no doubt about it. But yeah, it, it doesn't make for an entertaining match as a whole. And I wonder if it's, you know, yeah, as you say, the teams are going out batting first, know now that they've, apart from England, know that they've got to go and post, certainly in this tournament, uh, you, you had to be posting yeah, 350 plus to be competitive at all. So that's a pressure in itself if you do that then the, the bat, team batting seconds almost got no chance and if it doesn't quite come off then you know we saw a few games where the team batting first didn't get a, a competitive score at all and then it's just an easy chase for the, the team batting yeah second. that's the thing there's, there's almost a, a, a very small window where it's actually going to be competitive if the team batting first gets 350 it's game over but if the team batting first gets 280 it's also game over yeah uh, and you know that second one probably makes for a more exciting game um, but compared to how it used to be, it seems like there's just it's less likely that you're going to get an exciting ODI. And you know we've seen exciting ODIs outside of the World Cup in the last year or so when we've had these different rules. But you know I think if the if the powers that be aren't examining the rules are you know coming out of this tournament, then I think they're not really doing their job because it was I think pretty dire. Yeah, and the thing about batsmen playing these extraordinary new shots clearly that that has improved the game and you know de Villiers dropping onto one knee and uh swatting a fast bowler away uh into the stands is clearly amazing McCullum's charging down the pitch and smacking Steve Finn you know picking off a Steve Finn bouncer basically for six or anyone you know with a ramp or whatever like that's, that's obviously amazing and that has improved cricket but it all adds up to an unexciting game when it's happening all the time and teams batting first are just they're much more likely to win. So yeah, I think they've they've got to do something about that, and they also need to look at the format of the World Cup as well, because you know, forty nine games is just far too many, and there's been a lot of focus on the fact that the the twenty nineteen event is going to be reduced to ten teams, 
But one of the arguments that people have been making in favour of reducing it to 10 teams is that, oh, that would be good because the World Cup's too long. But actually, 2019 is going to be longer. That's kind of irrelevant. They just, however many teams you have, it's just got to be fewer matches. You've got to figure out a way of having fewer matches. I don't think it's that hard to figure out a way of having fewer matches. Uh, but that is a that is a huge problem because if, if cricket is going to stay relevant outside of the subcontinent, which is not necessarily looking a given at this point, uh, it would be good to have a World Cup that's actually fun to watch. That would probably help. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could speculate and theorise about tournament formats. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think there's an argument for saying, you know, when you get to the knockout stages, it's it's a three-match miniseries at each round. I don't know. That's more matches, obviously. <laughs> you say I still think there's an argument for saying that. That's the first, that's the first time you've ever made no, that it's pretty, Well, I'm pretty sure I've probably mentioned it before. But because, yeah, like a, you know, a one-off... A one-off game of cricket is perhaps less telling, isn't it, than, than some other sports? Yeah, but then that makes it more exciting, I think. Yeah, I, I can see yeah, what you're I, saying, because agree, Australia and New Zealand could have played each other the following day and New Zealand won quite comfortably. Mm. Like that, But that's just what happens. That is, it adds to the pressure, it adds to the, the drama of the, yeah, of the yeah, game. Yeah, definitely. But, then, well, OK. So, no, Tony. Shot down. No. Well, I'll come back. That'll be the <laughs> proposal I'll be making. So. The Kerr report. <laughs> yeah. Were Australia worthy winners, would you say, Tony? Yes. Okay, uh, next question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because up until the final, I might have said that New Zealand had been the better team throughout the competition. You know, Australia had lost to New Zealand previously. uh, And while they'd been impressive, I I felt New Zealand had been at least as impressive and and probably more. But then I guess the fact that Australia won the final meant that in the end they did have the better tournament. But they are the two best teams in the world at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, you do. Well, you definitely say so. I mean, uh, South Africa aren't, aren't... Massively far away, are they? I don't think. Uh, Nor are England. Uh, Jokes. Uh, but they're, yeah, they're, they are, they are the it's two best. It's funny because we're sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, Australia definitely deserve to win it. Definitely. A lot of people were upset with the behaviour of some of the Aussies during the game. Brad had in, you know, giving a real send off to Martin Guptill to Grant Elliott. Uh, there was a piece in, I think it was in the Age, the Australian newspaper, the Age, just lamenting how how poorly behaved they were in respect to sledging and spirit of the game. And it it, it was a fairly stark contrast to uh, the New Zealand team who who play w- without any sledging, really, and just generally seem like thoroughly decent guys. Yeah. Very, very likeable team. And the Aussies not necessarily that likeable. What, what, what's your view on that? Yeah, well, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Yeah, I mean, New Zealand are, ju- are just possibly the most likeable team. But then New Zealand's a likeable country, isn't it? It's like Everything about New Zealand is quite likeable compared with Australia. And I really like Australia. It's strange, isn't it? Because I may have made this point before, but it did, like depending on what sport the country is playing affects your view on it. In football, I really like Australia. Like, yeah, I really yeah, support yeah. Australia. But in cricket, it's anyone but Australia. In rugby union, everyone loves the All Blacks, but you have a different... You'd still probably support a lot of teams against them, like supporting the underdog. Yeah. But because New Zealand has seen as the underdog in cricket... You'd, really like them yeah uh so it does you know makes a big difference what sport they're actually playing uh but i mean forget the sledging tone the the thing that really annoyed me was the post-match interviews and it was not necessarily the fault of the players but shane warne just the only question he asked was so you're going to be going out for a few drinks in later or but but you'll be on the beers tonight it was like it was like the easter hockey festival was about to start (laughs) That's, was, the, that's the only post-match question at the, uh, yeah, <laughs> at the hockey. It wasn't a... I, I thought that was quite a, a poor reflection <laughs> on cricket, really. If, you know, if people are just tuning in. Oh, what's this? Let's, let's, let's have a look at this. I've never really heard of this sport before. And then they just see Warren asking if they're going out for a few beers. I mean, it was literally every... They got every player out, including all the ones who hadn't played in the game. Yeah. Including some bloke I didn't even really know who, who he is. Didn't even really recognise him. <laughs> turned out to be Pat Cummins. Uh, and he was just asking all of them, like not anything about the game or the experience of the tournament. It was just, are you going out for a few beers tonight? Then, to which the answer presumably is yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah. no one invited him along. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was just fishing. I think that's what Perhaps he was, he was just about. like he would have yeah, asked people to infinity until he got <laughs> until he got us. Yeah, like, yeah. Why don't you come along? It's going through like Nathan Horitz. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, what will you remember about World Cup 2015? So when you look back on it in a week's time, <laughs> what will stand out for you? 
I'll remember being annoyed that I didn't change my fancy team <laughs> about, about 10 days in. Uh, that's a very, that was a powerful memory, powerful emotion. Well, we should say that uh, the World Cup Show Fantasy League, of course, came to a, a thrilling conclusion. Yeah. Uh, I finished seventh. See, that's pretty good. I tried to log in now, but they appears to have taken it down. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, d- I think I must have finished kind of around fifth or sixth. No, not at all. You stumbled home in 25th. I'll tell you that. Uh, the winner was Derek. We don't know his surname. You just put his first name there. Derek won, and he's already received his World Cricket Show mug. Fantastic. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was fun. It For was a fun. while. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't <laughs> game annoying. analyse that in greater detail than World Cup itself. <laughs> yeah. They've got to go back to the drawing board on the format of the... Uh, of the fantasy cricket. Oh, Too I thought many... we were talking about the fantasy oh, right, cricket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too many changes. Not enough, uh, yeah. Not enough, no, I'd agree not with enough that. variety you, you, in the teams. You, you should only be able to make one change a day at most, but maybe even like 10 throughout. It makes it much more interesting. Because it... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It was just about you could change. You make like two or three changes for each game, mm. and so it was just about how well do your changes do. So there was no yeah. kind of like strategy of who you're going to pick. And also, like did... everyone just picks the three best players again and again. I was I was in the top ten at one stage. I think uh, kind of maybe a third of the way into the tournament, uh, but then yeah, kind of slipped down a bit. But then for the last, like second half of the competition, didn't matter if I got like a million points on one day or naught I still didn't appear to move in the day it was like because everyone of, had the same exactly, players yeah. was the problem yeah you don't get prizes for at one stage Tony has to be said well, I, yeah, well that's not literally my <laughs> fancy sports life is based on one stage is uh, there anything about the actual cricket that you remember well, well of course I mean that, that's one of the things I think isn't it that you could kind of read from the uh, the fantasy sports is, you know, the big players did well didn't they? The, the stars came out the cliche would go. <laughs> uh, so I mean, yeah, I think the stars are coming out tonight. In a, yeah, in a tournament of <laughs> in a tournament of thousands of thousands of runs, uh, you may as well just enjoy enjoy it, I suppose. So yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the batting was ridiculous. I mean, Cullen. Yeah, Guptill. Getting choked the up. Of that, just thinking about him. The end of that Guptill innings uh, was ludicrous. Massive six. Yeah, huge, some huge, hit, some six. huge hitting. Uh, it's a big lab with a big bat. So that will. Definitely stick out. Uh, and that's it, really. I was trying to just rack it. It's a bloody long time ago. <laughs> Afghanistan beating Scotland, that was a pretty good moment. Yeah. That was arguably one of the best celebrations I've seen on a sports field as well. Uh, Zadran. Yeah, Zadran just running away <laughs> with his arms. I love the runaway. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> all, that's how all celebrations. Oh, this is something that really annoys me recently in football. It seems every player now does the knee slide right. as a celebration. Which is a bit boring because the runaway is obviously much better. <laughs> it's when they push people away yeah. as well. People are trying to jump on them. No, get away! Yeah. I'm running. Uh, so that, yeah, that. I mean, that was that was fantastic. I suppose it's another. It's another tournament where England managed to underachieve on really modest expectations, <laughs> yeah. which is remarkable. Yeah, yeah, they managed to disgrace themselves despite going into the tournament yeah. and everyone saying, "Well." We're not expecting anything at all. Yeah, amazing that they could do that. Yeah, so there we go. It's quite an, quite an achievement. Yeah, it's, it's quite impressive. England. This is the part of the show where we talk about England. Well, we just mentioned it there, England's disastrous World Cup campaign. Uh, well, off the back of a generally disastrous year, uh, has finally claimed a, a very high-profile casualty 
uh, because Paul Downton has been dismissed from his position as managing director of the ECB. They've not only got rid of him, they've got rid of his entire job, which is perhaps not a glowing reflection on what he managed to achieve in the job. We both wanted him gone, Tane. I think that's probably fair to say that for quite a long time we've been thinking, got to get rid of Downton. Uh, but were you surprised that they went through with it? Uh, yeah, I suppose a little bit, yeah. I mean, he did seem slightly unshakable, didn't he, in the way he went about business. So, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. It's just remarkable how shambolic the ECB has been in the last year or two. It'll be interesting now to see what, what happens and where it, it goes. It's crazy, isn't it? Because for a time, it was all run pretty well, or so it seemed. Uh, but Downton, you know, we kind of came into the job. I remember thinking, oh, good, Paul Downton is going to be a breath of fresh air you know, after the <laughs> yeah. Ashes nightmare. Uh, but he just, I don't think he could have been worse. Everything he touched turned to rubbish. You know, everything he said, after the World Cup, he comes on Sky and says, you know, they say, what, what have you learned from the World Cup? And he sort of talks about, well, you know, well, the big thing that we've taken away is the influence of T20 on 50-over cricket. It's like, well, that was something that was happening five years ago, at least. Like, why did you not know that before? Crazy. Crazy to not only think that, but to say it publicly. Everything he's done, all his comments in the media, all the way throughout, the fact that he broke the embargo on the Peterson situation uh, on Test Match Special, you know, that was bizarre. He just he he made strange really decisions know all the way through. What he was doing, yeah, that that seemed to be the case, isn't it? It seemed to be that he was just massively out of his depth. He clearly was out of his depth, and so to some extent, you think, well, that's not really his fault. But I think he made things much more difficult for himself than he needed to. I mean, yeah, there, there's people have been talking about it as well. This was always going to happen. He was, you know, he was in an impossible position. Mike Selby in the Guardian talks about a hospital pass that he was handed. But yeah, you know, I, I think. He made that hospital pass much, much more difficult because his first decision was to sack Peterson. And it's not just the fact that he sacked Peterson, it's the fact that he sacked him and more than a year on, neither he nor anyone else has been able to give one decent reason for why he sacked him. Because of that, he was in trouble from day one. And that is his fault because he took that decision or perhaps other people were involved, but he clearly backed that decision 100 percent and has you know owned that decision ever since uh so yeah <laughs> so you know it's it's just been a, a total disaster and i think all england fans i can't i can't imagine there are any england fans apart from his mates in the media who used to play with him uh in county cricket i can't imagine there are any england fans who aren't pleased to see the back of him yeah yeah, I didn't get any texts from anyone saying like, "Oh, real shame." Like, yeah, exactly. My brother-in-law always <laughs> texts me, you know, anytime an England captain resigns or retires, or whatever. I always get the text straight away from my brother-in-law. I didn't get one about Paul Downton. Yeah, so really. Yeah. Gutted. 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 Just don't know where we go gone. from here. I mean, does him going make Peterson's return more likely? Do you think? Peterson scored one seventy today for Surrey against some schoolboys. I think, yeah. but even so. Uh, well, yeah, it might, yeah, I guess it has to, doesn't it? Uh, it can't not. Whether it, whether it will. I mean, it's it's a peculiar situation. But yeah, it, the whole thing's wrapped up though. With, yeah, had Peterson gone in England, played, had a good year, then it would be a very, very different picture today, wouldn't it? So, but yeah, yeah. Just the answer to your question is yes. Yeah, so I, I think it. I think it probably means that the idea that there's no way back for him is gone, I would say. Yeah, exactly. I, the I thing think that, he's still, there's still lots of things that need to happen, including he needs to score a lot of runs yeah. in county cricket. But and I what's think... kind of silly, though, about the whole thing now is that Peterson's useful existence as a, as a cricketer is running out, isn't it? The, the, the period. So there's no point saying, oh, Peterson's got to, you know, yeah, he's got to earn his way back into the team over the course of a, a year or two because it's, it'll be too late. You might as well just get him in now. Yeah, he's got to play now or not. Play now, yeah. But then I'm not sure if many people are saying a year or two. Yeah, uh, I think it's more that if he has a good April and May and June, that he could well be in line to play in the Ashes. Yeah, I think that's what we're talking about here, isn't it? And it kind of depends as well how England get on against West Indies and New Zealand because if all their batsmen are in form, scoring runs, it will be very difficult to say that Peterson gets back in the team. But you know, the likelihood of that being the case is <laughs> is fairly slim, I would say. As I mentioned, they've they've got rid of not just Downton but his entire position, and they've created a new one, which is director of English cricket. 
I think that was the the real thing that was that was going wrong with England over the last year is that it was the wrong job title. So I think now that that's <laughs> yeah. been sorted, happy days are here again. Uh, but you know, there's some fairly big names that have that are touting themselves as candidates for this position, including Andrew Strauss, Michael Vaughan, Alex Stewart. Would you like to see any of them get the job? Fred, maybe. Yeah, Freddie could get it. James Corden, I think. Is, yeah, he's pretty, yeah. He's, seems to be doing well at the moment. Uh, yeah, I don't know, really. I've, I don't know who I'd want. I mean, Strauss, he's got the, he's got the air of a kind of yeah, an administrator about him, doesn't he? So. Yeah, he's got a lot of authority. I'd worry yeah. that he might be slightly too close to the team still. Perhaps not too close to be the coach, but if you're looking at someone to be kind of... What's the job spec? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't applied yet, so I haven't read through it. I have downloaded the PDF, but I, I just I would worry that Strauss, you know, that that might not be the best. It might not be the best time for him to take that job. Alex Stewart, you know, has been using management speak ever since he was a England cricketer. So I'd worry that that might not be the best appointment either, because you'd fear that he's the the type of of administrator that we've you know that we're trying to get away from. So for me, Michael Vaughan would be would be a good choice there. But like you say, we don't really know the job spec. We don't really know what what the point of this position is. It kind of yeah. wouldn't it be great if we just didn't really know who the, the men in suits were, yeah, yeah. which used to be the case. If they could just get on with their doing with doing their jobs behind the scenes. That'd be brilliant. I don't really see the need. Like the director of cricket, you know, why don't we get David Pleat in to do that? You know, it's it's not what's the point? It's it seems to kind of step on the the toes of the coach a little bit there, doesn't it? This is the way of the world though, isn't it? No. There's got to be all kinds of accountable figures. Yeah, well, that's it's coalition Britain for you, Tane, isn't it? That's what what we've come to. Uh, well, England are in the the West Indies uh, with a Test series about to start. It starts tomorrow, Tane, Monday in Antigua. Probably by the time people are listening to this, it will already have started. We don't have time to do a proper preview on this week's show. Uh, but but one of the big things that leaps out of you uh, from this series is that Jonathan Trott is back. He's back in the squad, and it looks as though he's going to be back in the team. He looks pretty certain to start as opener in Antigua. Are you pleased to see him back? Uh, yes. Yeah, very much He's so. definitely earned his recall, hasn't he? He's, he's earned it through runs in county cricket. So And, yeah, you can't not be delighted for him because he went through a pretty tough period there. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah, he was a, a key part of a good England team so we're pretty short of those at the moment aren't we so yeah oh, definitely pretty soon I mean, they've had a pretty random build up haven't they the, the teams they've been playing uh, instant kits I think have been pretty ropey so it's, it's a complete well, it's quite nice actually in a way there's almost no circus there's no pressure just go and play some cricket in the West Indies <laughs> it's, what, it's what we said about the World Cup there's yeah, no pressure yeah, yeah, yeah true they, yeah, in a three or four weeks' time, we'll be sitting here saying they managed That's to disgrace, disgrace themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Just a word on Trot. I mean, I'm I'm really happy to see him back because, like you say, on his day, he is a world class player in England. Aren't spoiled for choice in that department. So you've got to want him back. And I, you know, I really like Jonathan Trot, and I'm, I'm I really hope he comes back and does well. But I am a little bit nervous for him because not so much in this series, but they've got a series coming up against New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, the three best bowling attacks in the world. You know, you could very well say three of the best bowling attacks of the last decade or so. You'd worry for him a little bit in a, in a slightly unfamiliar position of opener that he might struggle because I think a lot of England batsmen are going to struggle. That being the case, you almost want to just not throw him in there because he's does he des- does he deserve to to have that that difficulty as well? Yeah, it's a big responsibility. It's, it's likely that it's going to be a pretty bad summer for England all round and winter. And winter, yeah. So it's it's going to be fun. Well, hopefully we'll be able to enjoy this West Indies series. Yeah, exactly. Let's just make the most of this. I mean, you never know, but they obviously lost in the, the Caribbean in the last series that they played. It was just six years ago. It's a long time. When you consider that, you'd think it would be a bit of a, a, a money-spinning series in some respects. It's a long time. They played one series there in the last 11 years. That's insane. Yeah, and I, for me, it's, it's the best series to watch as an England fan. I mean, I, I, I love cricket in the Caribbean. In many ways for me, cricket in the Caribbean is cricket. Uh, I love watching England play there. Uh, I'm talking about on the TV because, you know, the time difference is what's so great. <laughs> as a cricket fan, you really struggle a lot of the time with, with the time difference in Australia, even the time difference in the subcontinent. 
But the time difference in the West Indies is brilliant. It's basically coming on just before you get home from work and you can watch it all evening. Yeah. And my girlfriend is going to love that. It's going to be good. Well, what, three tests. You want a score prediction, do you? Okay, yeah, I'd love a score prediction from you, Zane. Uh, it's quite difficult, actually. There's a lot of uncertainties. I think England will win a test. I'm going to say one all. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go for one nil. You'd imagine that they're going to be pretty flat, turgid pitches. It's probably not going to make for yeah. particularly exciting cricket. I do think Westernies have got problems at the moment, and I can't necessarily see them winning a, a test. So I'll go for one nil, but it probably won't be that exciting a series, despite what I've just said there about it being <laughs> the series I look forward to probably most. Yeah, it's not dazzling Why do we, West why do we even watch cricket, Tone? We're just hating on it all the time. Much like the general election campaign in the UK, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been exceptionally tedious, and I'm pretty sure everyone wishes it would just hurry up and finish already. So, yeah, let's bring it to an end now. Food banks, Tone. <laughs> Zero hours contracts. The long-term economic plan. It's the general election. We need more kind of... That's where the ECB's going wrong, I think. They need a... a Hashtag, do they? <laughs> they need a they need a long term. I don't know. I should have written this joke. Before. Yeah, I'd say go yeah. go away and have a have a chat to Andy Parsons and and come back with something next week. You, you type in there. We just instant messaging Parsons. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just gives a you've got him up on Gchat all the time, just feeding you lines. It's been exciting. Uh, yeah, well, this West Indies England series is going to nicely kind of bubble along at the same time as the. The general election. So plenty of topical <laughs> comparisons to be drawn, I'm sure, along the way. Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> rip-roaring adventure. I've written most of my jokes already, but then I just kind of drop in names depending on, you know, it, I've got written down like Trot, Cook, Miliband, and then I just kind of like <laughs> yeah. put them in the right place. Because well, the election will be a couple of days after the final test, uh, which is good of them because they don't want any clashes. <laughs> they don't have to choose what to watch. Yeah, on election night. Well, well, it's an exciting few weeks in store. A lot of excitement around, but we've had a bit of sadness too, Tony. Some some sad news to wake up to on Friday, which was uh, the news of the death of Richie Benno. Uh, and this has obviously prompted uh, an outpouring of, of grief and sympathy and retrospectives on his life and career. Uh, but it was a, a very sad piece of news that on Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. I mean, he is one of a uh, kind of very small selection small number of of kind of sports voices that are kind of untouchable really it's legendary he's also uh one of a very small number of people who transcend cricket in the way that people who don't like cricket love richie benno people who have never watched cricket know who richie benno is and you know think warmly of richie benno because he just kind of more than any player he he goes beyond cricket um, so, yeah, it was a really sad day. Yeah, because it's been a little while since he's been doing commentary, isn't it? Two years, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just put, like kind of the perfect combination of, of voice, kind of demeanour, kind of calm. It's, it's like, sometimes he got like, slightly ruffled, but, uh, but generally really kind of mellow, yeah. mellow human being. Because that was actually something that was really striking in, in the World Cup commentary, was that virtually all of them are... Far too excited all the time. Mark Nicholas is insufferable at, at times with how excited he gets at any four, <laughs> let alone uh, Martin Guptill's six. The contrast with that and the, yeah, like you say, the understated approach of Richie Benno is, is, is pretty marked. And, you know, that's him not being in the commentary box the last year has been a real loss. And, yeah, just a, a, a very sad, a very sad piece of news. But, yes, anyway, the World Cricket Show is back. I'm sure everyone's thrilled. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for this week. Although I say that, the show's not even really halfway through because I'm now going to plug a load of stuff. <laughs> uh, well, Tone, uh, we've got a, a couple of things to announce. Uh, firstly, we're on more platforms than we used to be. <laughs> we've had uh, some requests from listeners to branch out from iTunes. So we are now on Stitcher and we're now on TuneIn Radio. Uh, which this I believe are apps. Stitcher. Have you heard of an app? Uh, uh, vaguely, yeah. What, tell us about it. Uh, well, it's an app. Stitcher is an app that you can download uh, onto your mobile computer uh, or mobile telephone uh, and listen to podcasts through that. Tune in radio 
the same. Uh, we'd actually really appreciate reviews on Stitcher uh, because, you know, we haven't got any at the moment uh, and that would help, uh, yeah, attract new people to the show through Stitcher. We always appreciate reviews on iTunes as well uh, because it does help, as I say, uh, to bring new listeners to the show. The other thing that we have to announce uh, is that we have now got some merch. <laughs> listeners, I'm sure, will remember that we did sell some T-shirts at one point. Uh, but we've now got a whole store. I mean, it's mainly clothing, isn't it? Uh, but also mugs. Uh, well, that's it. It's clothing and mugs. Uh, but you can get a T-shirt, you can get a hoodie. Boxer shorts are all available. Boxer shorts. Boxer shorts, if you want. Uh, they also World Cricket Show. And there's also a couple of other designs there as well. If you go to cafepress.co.uk slash cricket show, order your merch today. I'm doing it now. You're doing it now. You're ordering some merch. I'm going to order some merch. Yeah, so, I mean, the boxer shorts, they're an interesting. <laughs> Would you wear World Cricket Show boxer shorts? I don't see any reason why I wouldn't. Would you wear hashtag Team Adam boxer shorts? <laughs> is there any team stuff? Yeah, yeah there's, oh, there is. there's hashtag Team Adam and there's hashtag Team Tony. Actually, there aren't boxer shorts in those. Uh, Has in anyone those actually designs. ever used that hashtag? Those hashtags? That's <laughs> really recorded. Uh, well, we used them on the show, uh, and we were met with radio silence. So I thought, yeah. you know, let's, so let's, let's, go, let's go with that. Smells like a t-shirt. I said to myself. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I think they're quite nice. Uh, yeah, it's a kind of minimalist. Absolutely, they're, they're beautiful. Beauty they are beautiful designs. Are they only available in white? No, they're they're very they're... reasonably priced. Uh, yeah, so it's cafepress.co.uk/slash/cricketshow. Uh, the other major thing that you could do, of course, is to go to our website, cricketshow.net, and then follow the link there to Amazon. If you're doing your shopping on Amazon, follow that link, and then anything you buy, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but we get a bit of a kickback. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to help keep us going, they are both pretty good ways to do it, I would say. You know, we're not a professional operation here. You only have to listen to this show for a couple of minutes to realise that we're not a professional <laughs> operation. So we do appreciate anything that listeners might feel like doing i'm gonna buy a jumper that's what i'm gonna do well that's great that's money in my pocket <laughs> uh, I yeah buy a mug I, c- I can't actually remember the last time i used a mug in my life well you don't really drink tea do you apart from at a no. cafe or a hotel yeah i prefer out of a cup as well so yeah there we go but mean, that's not to put you off the mug you know, if you if you're a regular mug what user you buy a cup like a plastic cup no like a, a teacup yeah. with a saucer Mm. Yeah, well, you're, yeah. Very, you're, you're a real uh, fancy lad, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Don't mess about. You know, I've made you a mug of tea before and you've knocked it you on the floor. Do. Bring it back in a cup with a saucer. <laughs> so it's all very exciting. Cafepress.co.uk slash cricket show. Just a couple more plugs. The first one is that we've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash cricket show, and we've got Twitter accounts. At cricket show is the show. Tony is at Tony Cover, T O N Y C V. Double R, and I'm at Adam Bayfield12. And if you really want to speak to us uh, and you don't want to use Facebook or Twitter, you can send us an email, which is worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Huh. That's it, I think. <laughs> That's all the plugs. I'm hoping I have a bit more energy next week. Yeah, I, I bloody yeah. well hope so as well. Yeah. There's loads going on, isn't there? No, it's all right. You got through it. Got your, through your face it. has got redder and redder <laughs> as the sunburn starts to kick in during the course of the show. This is now, this is the, the final day of my holiday really well except I was at work last week <laughs> so, not, so not really on holiday so not really but uh, it's been absolutely manic since about the 28th so yeah and this is I'm now I've got a bit of time a bit yeah, of Tony time you said you were going to be off the booze for seven weeks yeah I, I, well this week I had a birthday party last night uh, and a, a little get together with me on Friday so uh, we did it was quite a mosh on Friday it was wasn't a mosh, it yeah your old place? Yeah, my, my mum yeah. is selling her house. And, uh, yeah, that's the old house, isn't it? That's the old Bayfield place. Yeah. I we had one final gathering there. Back at a gathering, yeah. yeah it's the, uh, you know, it's where we all grew up, isn't it? It is. It was nice. We watched garden football, garden cricket parties there. We watched a the video. We watched what is known as The Video, which is a, a, a home movie from a party that we had in Lower Sixth when we were 16, 17. Uh, and it's probably the funniest thing ever committed to film. Yeah. Well, if you know the people. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously. There's, there's no point if you don't know the people. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's what I mean. What it, what it accurately does is kind of just 
gathers all the people we knew at that time and then they all just pop up just very small cameos it just tells you a lot about the people it's a really vital historical document yeah. I think. It, it was always funny that video but we haven't seen it i haven't seen it for seven eight nine years uh, and it's just taken on this whole new layer of comedy because everyone looks absolutely preposterous yeah in that video including uh, you yeah you're uh I can't yeah. come across you don't as a come out right idiot. Brilliantly. No. It has to be said. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it wasn't my fine. I don't know. Well, it was a good night, I think. It was a fairly <laughs> decent night. I, I think I've improved since then in terms of my kind of... Your level of banter. Le- less of an idiot, yeah. <laughs> Which is good. But yeah, anyway. Well, anyway, maybe I'll think about putting some clips Absolutely on the World Cricket Show Facebook page. What we have got, though, is quite a lot of cricket. I mean, with the IPL, you, you bothered about that? Uh, not, not especially. I might. What is called the Pepsi IPL? I might have been more bothered about the Pepsi IPL this year than previous years, except that it's just coming off the back of the World Cup, and I'm a bit, I'm a bit, you know, a bit exhausted. The last thing you need after the World Cup is another extremely long competition. Uh, so it's good. There's one of the county games back. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it started today. I, I, I want early April, and it is still cold. I do want to pay more attention to the. Uh, the T20 blast this summer. I'm going to endeavour. That's my mission, my cricket mission for the year. I, realistically, there's no way I can keep track of county cricket, but the blast, I'll have a blast. You'll have a blast yeah. in the T20 blast. You should have made that joke, Taylor, didn't we? You didn't think of it. Anyway, I really think we should, yeah, we should wrap, wrap up. this up because uh, I've got to go home and have some dinner. Uh, but stay in school, everybody, and we will be back next week with more good times. <laughs> Until then, that's all from me and from Tony. Bye bye for now. Cherry. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.